0: G N one three four oh, go Pals.
1: You're tuned in to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is the drive.
2: Good grief. I got Dead Air Bear over here. I got Tucker with the blank screen behind us. I mean, we've only been here for an hour, guys. We only had an hour to get ready, and we're just staggering out of the gates again. Ah, Sam got us off track. The new guy, Houston Crest, misses one day, and the entire operation goes to shambles. This calls for heavy guns. You know what time it is, Bear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we
1: go. Ah, boom!
2: Just sprouted four new hairs on my chest. Now we're straight. Been a while since I had to go to the Red Bull in studio. It's Friday, man. I've been getting up early all week. I had to do the drop-off line. It's killing me. I'm tired.
3: But, hey, dude, savor the drop-off line time right now. No coming day my friend when I miss the drop off line we're well, going maybe not miss it <laughs> but have some strong feelings of nostalgia you know a days gone past good. and you get them back to being just when yeah
2: yeah oh, are little yeah a yeah. you know, little is good little is good we welcome you in it's another 3 hour tour the drive fan run radio I'm Russell Smith alongside Bear and Tucker Harlan Houston Kress has the day off. Some lame excuse about getting married tomorrow.
3: <laughs> this, you know what this reminds me of? First week, first week, uh, oh, sorry guys, can't make the show, gotta get married. You don't feel a bit hypocritical?
2: All I'm saying is, Tucker Harlan's looking mighty comfortable in that chair. Hmm.
1: You think young Philip
2: Fulmer's <laughs> going to do the thing? Young Philip Fulmer
3: would never backstab no. a coworker to get his job. No. We're working like heck. You're coming along. I don't know if you get the you aren't you aren't you aren't ready for taking on the ball, really. He's
2: bill. looking very comfortable, Houston, Chris. I'm just saying, vacation
3: at your own peril. It's Chris and you one of your best funny stories was about the time you got the job. Yeah. And you had already <laughs> had a vacation planned.
2: So when I got the the drive, I was out of work, and we had a family beach vacation planned. And so, like, I went and interview. Like the the owner of the station liked me, and he kind of got me the job. But I had to go and meet with the GM, the new GM, and he's like to kind of sign off. So I go meet with him. Goes well. He signs off. Get all signed up and everything. This is like in early August, and the station is launching in September. So there's this three or four week period. Where we're just getting stuff together, and then the like, we're not even on the air. We don't even own the rights. is a long story, but like, so it's just we've got three or four weeks, and they hire me, and he's like, "Yo, yeah, well, you can go ahead and start." I'm like, "Cool." And uh, so I had this family beach trip planned, and like, there's nothing to do. So the first week of the of the drive, I'm hired as the producer, right? Right. And there's no station, and it's just me. Like I'm the only person in the building. And there's nothing to do. You don't do well when you're not stimulated. Well. Most people don't. I'm just like, so I'm, I'm there because I want to make a good right. impression, but there's nothing to, I'm sitting in this office for hours. Wow. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. I mean, you can only surf the internet for so long. Oh, yeah. And like, it is just, it's brutal, man. So I did that for a week and then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to the beach with my fan. Like, I'm not doing anything. And uh, I come back and like I didn't miss anything. I had plenty. Of, like you obviously things have gone well. Twelve years later, thumbs. twelve years later, still here. Where's that guy at? And uh, well, he's a broadcast legend. He's fine. Right. Like, but uh, uh, I come to find out later, Ed Brantley, who I love, his GM there, like had told one of my coworkers, like hire him and like next week he goes on a week's long beach trip what does he think he is a doctor <laughs> like that was the direct quote <laughs> i didn't find this out until later i was like oh man if i'd known like the new boss was thought yeah, so I'm,
3: poorly I, mean, I probably wouldn't have gone my swiss cheese brain i'd forgotten that it was ad brantley that's kind of like ooh. You yeah yeah, here? yeah yeah
2: i didn't want to disappoint
3: but look you came back fired up, focused still and prepared, and the drive is still alive.
2: Still here, baby. Still ticking after all these years. And uh, I guess we're going to talk some hoops today, some some portal stuff, and get ready for Cress's wedding tomorrow. You going to be there? Probably. You're not going to be there, are you? Did you see what happened? I, just, I saw it i just saw that the door do? just cracked he's not going honest friday he won't be there it's an honest friday he won't be it probably did I, hey let me ask you this for months it's been yeah we're, we're all just assuming we're going to cress's wedding and i i have detected this it started with the attires that he's been complaining all week like what are we gonna wear and then he called me today he's like are you are you really wearing a suit to the wedding, like I, I could tell, he's very uncomfortable about this, and so I ask him one more time: Are you going to the wedding? Twenty-four hours out, probably. Hmm. I know this guy for seven. That's a
3: no. I don't know. You're not going. I, I all, all I want to say know. is this: You ain't going. Outside of you, <laughs> who's the only other personality producer? Uh, anybody having to do anything to do with fan run? That did not miss one of the football remotes. There's only one football
2: remotes. The watch parties? Yeah, you were there. I mean, what does that have to? It's just, this uh, guy. Okay. I'm. I'm. You're deflecting. I don't have to see what that yeah. has to do with Houston's I mean, if wedding. We're being
3: honest, probably. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll you know, I'll I'm, you think I'm gonna miss? And we got to do the post
2: game show. You think that's really going to happen? Yeah. Are we going to watch the game? What time does the game tip off? Six. The wedding's at five. Yeah.
3: We're good to go, man. So, what, are we going to watch the game at the wedding? We can't do that. You just crowd in a corner. Hey, look. Everybody's got to understand. And with everybody that's invited, half that. I'm. Let's. I mean, it's. It's honest Friday. Let's be honest. Half the church or wherever we're going to be at out there. Is gonna have, be watching the game on their phones at that wedding still going? I don't, on. I
2: don't know, man. I don't know if it's that. It's not a football game. It's just old Miss basketball. Like, here's the thing: if it starts at six. It's gonna end around eight. Yeah, we're gonna be there for three hours. I mean, I love Houston. Like, I'm. I'm not. I don't know if he. I don't know if I love. I. I don't know if I'm in Houston's Circle to the point of I'll
3: be at his wedding for three hours. Yeah, like, that's we, kind of well, the uh, cutoff point. we uh, are getting close but, there. But you do have to factor in. This is an evening wedding yeah. with, with a suggested style, you know, a, a qualifier on preferred dress. Mm-hmm. Like, if you ask me to do that, I'm figuring dinner's going to be involved. You're going to have to feed me. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's going to be a buffet. A buffet. It, it, I, I'll tell you, it all depends. You, you reach a point after dinner at weddings where you, you hit a point and either you make for the exit or you're there for the duration never know it just depends on the vibe I, of the I wedding
2: what, once the dancing starts it's like it's just how how much do you want to dance and uh i i'm my dancing days are pretty much behind me at this point but uh you know i i can hang around for a little bit but i'm i'm not going to be the guy there's like uh for till the last song yeah no i must be moving on
3: you wait long enough to see him leave uh, probably. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. that's that's the other factor. Yeah, that, that takes a minute. Yeah, because they want to enjoy their party. Yeah, sure. As, Everybody as, wants as well they should. Yeah. We'll just play it How by ear. How far did that fool outkick his coverage? He's well, a lucky it's, man. It's, it's Honest Friday.
2: He's a lucky man. He didn't have much coverage to begin with, if being honest, on an Honest Friday.
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, Trevor Danieled that thing out at the one. And then on the flip side, he didn't he is marrying a former member of Talk Sports. That's really something to have on your
2: Well, I'm sure we'll we'll figure out something, even if we don't have a full on volunteer reaction. It would be funny just to fire up the spaces from
3: Oh, to check in, yeah. We from, could take turns
2: from down there. We got a big one lined up this afternoon. Um Wow, a lot to get to here today we've got adam sparks coming up in just a few minutes from your knoxville news sentinel knoxnews.com coming up hour number two we've got bob baskerville the co-host of our new fan run morning show Bobby. which finally starts on monday monday morning 7 a.m 7 to 10 right here on fan run john reed bob baskerville the morning show on fan run radio I love that name can't wait man looking forward to it oh yeah
3: so it's it's Bob, John, and Sam, and Big Sam. Love Sam. Oh, up and comer. I'm telling you, he always was, got a smile. He on his was face. one of the ones. Uh, Good
2: culture guy. Very much so. Good culture guy, Sam Beard.
3: He was part of the afternoon crew. back summer in the fall, yeah, we'd all hang out for like a couple hours out there. Funny dude.
2: So Bob is is going to sit in for most of the four o'clock hour. Looking forward to that. And then in the 5 p.m. hour, Lucas Panzica 104.5 The Zone, Titans Radio in Nashville. Another a proud graduate of the Fan Run Academy of Broadcasting, or FAB, if you will. We'll stop by and we'll talk Titans, we'll talk Vols, whatever. Uh, maybe let our hair down a little bit with LP as we close out the week here on Fan Run Radio.
3: Uh, he is the crown jewel. One of them. He's the template, Tucker. So you got that, you that got could be you. Lucas sitting next Panzeca, to Mike Keith in the booth.
2: David Hudson. Yeah. All you got to do is figure a way to former crest. The Prince of
3: Plano, Rick Butler.
2: That'll that'll be your stepping stone.
3: It's up to you, man. How bad do you want it? You want to work for it? <laughs> Took a lot of hard work for those guys.
1: It did. You're absolutely right.
2: So, kind of excited about this basketball game tomorrow. Uh, Ole Miss comes in here undefeated.
3: They ain't played nobody, Paul. They ain't
2: played nobody. Where do you think Ole Miss is ranked on Ken Palm? On Ken Palm? Yeah, take a guess. Probably down the 60s. Lower. Hundreds? 82nd. Hmm. An undefeated SEC team. And it's not like they played three games. I mean, they're 11-0. 13-0. Their best win is Memphis and Oxford. Yeah. 13-0, and they are 82nd on Ken Palm, 64th in adjusted offensive efficiency,
3: 121st in defense. I mean, that's not – It'll be interesting to see what what are – 13-0, it'll be interesting to see what that record is 13 games from now.
2: What do we think the line is going to be if it's not out already? I forgot to check before we come on. It should it should be coming out. In the I next. know
1: ESPN's uh, got us or got Tennessee in the let's see ninety percent ish win percentage. Mm-hmm. It's like nine or something for Ole Miss. Um, let me look at that real I'm quick. I'm guessing it'd be an eight or nine point line for yeah. Tennessee. Th- that would make sense. No line yet on ESPN. I,
3: I I keep forgetting to ask you guys for some help with some, and it just hit me. So I've, I've got to ask, but uh. Will you guys help me put, like, 20 more bucks into my uh, thing so I can bet again? I mean,
2: you could just give me the $20. I'll take you out back behind the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios here, kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it even. But, yes, if if you want to set 20 more dollars of your hard-earned money on fire, we can show you how to do that. I was doing good. Like, you... Like I, I The better's p- lament. I was doing good. And then what happened, Bear? And then what happened? You were the doing cold good. You were doing good, and you, you thought you were doing so good. You no, figured maybe I'll go no. ahead and put a little more on this one bet, this can't miss bet, this one that I feel so sure about. what happened. And all of a and sudden, Vegas knew. you're done.
3: No, it's, that's not what happened. If I just stayed in my little lane, I, every day I would make a little three game Major League Baseball parlay. I'd pick your, bra- you know. I'd, I'd listen to what you and Logan were saying, and then I was doing good. Well, wasn't losing a lot, wasn't making a lot. And then I had an afternoon in New York where I placed some really irresponsible, some would say dumbass bets, Russ, on NASCAR and <laughs> <laughs> blew my entire account that I'd built up.
2: It happens, man. Anyhow, it happens. So, uh, big show lined up here this afternoon. Sparks, The Hound, and LP all headed your way today here on Fan Run. Plus, we'll do Jam or Not a Jam, brought to you by Jam Back Farms, and your Rogers Hydrant Service Crap Moment of the Week. We are jam-packed this afternoon, even without the Vol Rumor Mill. Um, Have you guys seen the
3: Quinchon Judkins stuff that's coming out today? No, what's the latest there? Is it a circus? Uh... He was urged to leave by Ole Miss, is the you know something that Ole Miss football put out, and then some of their fans have put out videos apparently behind the scenes. Um, as good as he is, according to, sounds like Ole Miss was that he was kind of a problem in the locker room, and then they mm. sh- somebody did a cut up film towards. Uh, I think a lot of it was from the end of the season in the bowl game, where like when he got tackled, like his lineman looked down at him and just keep on walking. Like, supposedly he would drop into Kiffin's office to tell him what he thought the offense should be doing.
1: <laughs> That's interesting.
3: Well, we've got the dude, the the
2: big big boy from Kansas coming in this weekend, the offensive lineman who helped draw up that play where he lined up in the slot and flattened that guy. Yeah,
1: what's that guy's name? Armage Reed Adams, I believe. Yeah, he's
2: got
3: a wild name. John, uh, John Madden would have loved a kid like this, wouldn't he? Boom! Where'd that truck come from? The guy designed his own play. You've got to like his determination and moxie When
2: you're a coach and an offensive lineman comes in your film room and says Hey coach, I got an idea I want to line up in the slot and
3: come in motion That's the kind of guy you want on your team Because at that point, (laughs) he'll be running at maximum velocity And then boom! Big play Uh,
2: That's good,
3: that's pretty good Stay
2: with us. It is the drive. Fan run. Radio also got the corner from Temple in this week. So oh. we might be on commitment watch this weekend. More Tennessee football talk with Adam Sparks, KnoxNews.com. Coming up next, right here on Fan Run Radio. The drive. Ever
1: been the coach.
2: Fan Run Radio. The drive continues. Russell Bear Tucker back with you. It's a Friday afternoon edition of The Drive. Getting ready for a big sports weekend. Basketball tomorrow. Well, we talk football right now with Adam Sparks of KnoxNews.com. Good afternoon, Adam. How are you, sir? Real good. How you guys doing? Hey, man. Doing well. 2024 off to a stellar start for Josh Heupel and the Vols as they win the Citrus Bowl. You were down there covering it. Was the Iowa offense as impressive in person as it was on TV, Adam Sparks? <laughs>
0: Uh I've covered college football for twenty twenty one years, I guess. That's the worst uh twenty three years. That's the worst offense I've ever seen in person. And that's at all levels. I've never <laughs> seen <laughs> an offense that, that inept. Um you know, I was uh, I, I was told by uh I spent some time with some of the Iowa beat writers down there and Unlike Tennessee, Iowa actually had a portion of practice each day that was open to the media to go and watch. I think it's like the first 30 minutes. And uh, I was told by some Iowa media that they heard after the fact that Iowa's defensive coaches were told to keep everything base defense, completely vanilla, no blitzing, zone coverage, uh, in the first 30 minutes of practice so that media could see the offense completing passes while they were out there to take video <laughs> hmm. <Wow>. <laughs> yeah because <laughs> you know you've got a bunch of tv tv crews out there trying to get b-roll and they want to see the quarterback completing a seven yard pass to a tight end and if the defense is playing like it wanted to you can't have that so once once uh it was closed up media left then they uh then the real thing happened <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, that tells you how of how much of a disparity there was between Iowa's offense and his defense.
2: Well, that's all fine, Adam, for the B-roll. For you know, you're watching a 20-second clip on the local news, but the Iowa folks are aware that the games are televised, right? We we see <laughs> the actual thing on the I don't. They're not fooling anybody with the I little thought, practice games there.
0: <laughs> I thought I thought Tyree West had some of the best comments of UT defensive end afterward. We we usually don't talk to Tyree West, Um, and after these comments, we may not talk to him again for a while. Uh, But we just asked him bluntly about what he thought about the Deacon Hill, the very immobile quarterback for Iowa. And he he said they looked at game film and thought it was a joke. That guy's not that big. He's not that slow, is he? And he said, sure enough, I get back there and hit him, and he's a 270-pounder that couldn't move. And he said it was kind of funny to us that this guy was the starting quarterback. Uh, it was kind of funny to the rest of it. I mean, they they had they had McNamara on that team. They had an NFL tight end on that team. Both those guys were out with injuries. So I, I, I get it. Iowa did have some pieces earlier in the year. But I grew up watching SEC football, and everything that you think of SEC versus Big Ten is like speed versus yeah. – you know, big, slow, Big Ten guys, and there's nothing that I saw in that game that would change my opinion of
2: that. It will enhance the stereotypes for sure. Adam, I watched those that media session with Tyree West. He is kind of a loose cannon. I believe the direct quote was, we go into the natty next year. <laughs>
0: yeah, the, I think going to the natty, and then it was – I think that was my question to him. and I think the way he put it after that was, knowing Nico – We'll go to the Natty as if as if Nico <laughs> as if Nico has special directions of how to get to the national championship and maybe he does. Maybe he does. Uh, maybe he does. Yeah, Look pretty good. Yeah, we came away from that saying, "Give us some more Tyree West next season." Yes,
2: absolutely. So, what do you think? I mean, after seeing Nico at the helm, knowing that he's probably going to get better in the off season as he gets more experience and more custom, and Tennessee adds some playmakers and pieces around him what are your thoughts on tennessee and the prospects for the vols i don't know about the the natty we'll see what happens how about a 12 team playoff adam let's start there
0: Uh, i think that'd be phenomenal if they could pull it off i i I think i think if they were to get to the playoff i think that depends more on the supporting cast around him than it does the quarterback and and I, i think that's saying something usually if you're starting what next year would be a redshirt freshman, you would say, well, the question is on the quarterback, not the supporting cast. I think it's the opposite. The quarterback will be a strength on this team. Um, you know, all the athletic traits were there that we knew would be there and a five-star, a five-star talent, but I was pretty impressed by his composure. Um, tempo went fine, didn't seem like the moment was too big for him. You know i watched him in pregame uh joe milton was trying to loosen him up get him joking around you could see nico sort of a hidden hooker like like okay let's settle down this is serious you know this is serious business uh so you you get a little bit of different personalities there i, I think it's a good one that nico is probably that mature at, at that young of an age um you know i think the offense will look a little different in in, in some obvious ways i I think we especially saw how good Nico's running instincts are. Um, you know, he he sort he has a burst that doesn't that most quarterbacks don't have that that Joe certainly didn't have. You could see it in in his first two touchdowns, but I saw it even more so in his uh, in his third touchdown when he when he had the bootleg out to the left. Yeah, and you could see him doing the math in his head. I'm at the eight yard line. I'm at the seven. I'm at the six, and he was figuring where do i have to get until i can i have enough speed to lunge forward i have the explosion to lunge forward and beat this defender to the goal line and he, and and you know a lot of quarterbacks just don't have that instinct and he he certainly does and I think we'll see more of that next season.
2: So the conversation we've been having all week, and I saw you wrote about this yesterday at knoxnews.com, and we're interacting with some fans about this on Twitter, is should Tennessee have started Nico earlier this season, or at the least played him more? Where did you end up on that?
0: Yeah, I certainly don't think he should have started all season. Um, I I think a lot of people that, that Say he should have been starting in the opener or very early in the season, I, f- I think there's the assumption there that the Nico that you saw in the citrus bowl is the Nico that you would have seen in the swamp in September and and I absolutely don't think that would have been the case. Uh, we saw some of practice early in the year, but then we would hear more about practice. You know he was he was throwing interceptions early, he was a little slow in the tempo, his progressions were not as quick. He would fix mistakes quickly, but he would make mistakes. I mean, even in you know the first month of fall camp when we would go out there, uh, Joe Milton was on target and in, in practice was accurate, and Nico usually had a lot of overthrows, and that's just that's just how it was. And I know that's a small thing, but you could see the development happen. And you know, I I, I think the argument between the two is better. It, it's should Nico have started all season? No, no. Uh, Should he have? uh, But should he have only played fifty-two snaps before the Citrus Bowl? Uh, That that that's a tougher tougher argument. I think you could have met somewhere in the middle, and you know, in the Florida game and the Texas A&M game, and those games, maybe a goal line package, maybe a short yardage package where you could use his feet. He could get out and uh, and do something with his legs. And if if you had that kind of package with Nico maybe that would have made more of the case for him to start in the last month of the season but you know then it brings into the you know into the discussion whether or not he should have redshirted and and i think there was a point at some time during the season that his i'm speculating somewhat here but i think there was some point late in the season where the family looked at it and said uh eh, f- four games in redshirt is better than five or maybe six games and not redshirting especially when he's got such a limited role
2: do you think Josh Hypel is, is just such a. Having been a former quarterback, and you're a great person to ask about this, Adam, because you're around him more than. You know, you're at all these press conferences. You're around him more than anybody who's not actually on the team, part of the program. But do, do you think that Josh Heupel d- does not want to have. He's not a package guy, right? He doesn't want to have a Nico package. doesn't want to have a package for another quarterback uh, because he doesn't want the controversy. Like if he's playing Nico, bringing him along and all of a sudden Nico's playing a little bit better by the middle part of the season, maybe that Missouri game, then all of a sudden you've got the fans clamoring and maybe some divisiveness on the team. And then all of a sudden you've got a good old fashioned quarterback controversy.
0: Yeah. I think maybe there's something to that. I mean, here's the thing. If it's not the same as Milton and hooker, um, you could have gone with him and hooker a couple games and then gone back to Joe Milton once you start a fresh a five star freshman quarterback, that's the that's the point of no return. You couldn't start Nico for two games and then say, "Well, we're going to go back to Joe now." That's just that's not how that works. Not with a five star freshman. You once you go with him, you stick with him. Now, again, they could have had a package, like we said. I think that would have been fine. I think there's I do think Josh Heupel has a little bit of a sentimentality with him about quarterbacks. You know. Josh Hoppel is a guy that bounced around at junior college and a couple other schools and somewhat of an underdog in his playing career and his second chance and his third chance, he sort of proved, I think it's a lot of doubters wrong. I'm psychoanalyzing this a little bit, but I think he's a guy that, that values quarterbacks sort of getting that second and third chance and sticking with the team and making the most of it and finally getting their chance. And, you know, letting guys play through some adversity. And Joe Milton certainly did that. He stayed around longer than most quarterbacks would. And you even look at this season, played terrible against Texas A&M. They won that game. He stuck with him. He played his best game against Kentucky, and they got probably their best win on the road of the regular season. And so I think there's a little bit more into that. If you like, if you contrast, like, Josh Heupel to Steve Spurrier, Steve Spurrier was mm-hmm. a five-star quarterback basically coming out of high school and he had no patience for quarterbacks that made mistakes. This guy messes up pulling, put another guy in. I don't. It doesn't matter. I think Josh Heupel's the opposite. I think he's more of a guy to to give patience to quarterbacks because that's more of the player that he was.
2: That's interesting because I, I think that you know I'm always looking for the middle way, and I think Spurrier was too quick at times. Yep. to to jerk quarterbacks and i i think you could be too slow too and, and it hasn't really bitten hypo i know some of the nico folks would say that maybe it bit him this year but it could in in the future
0: yeah well you know here's the thing with that is uh, number one i laid it out in the in the story i think the record if you started nico from start to finish i think the record's probably the same It's probably eight four you still beat texas a&m but nico's better do you beat kentucky on the road uh Maybe, probably, but, you know, it took Milton's best performance to win that game. I think you'd have probably had the same record. Now, you would have had one more year under Nico's belt, so maybe you see it that way. You could have had worse things happen in the year. He could have been injured. He could have been not been ready and lost his confidence early on if you started him right away. But I think the record is about the same, and I also don't think you finish anywhere better. I mean, keep in mind, the Citrus Bowl was for a 9-3 and SEC team not an 8-4. and four. Tennessee ended up in the bowl that, you know, I think in the preseason we looked at it and we said, this team is probably a 9-3 and three team. That's certainly what I predicted they'd be. Well, they ended up in the bowl that a 9-3 and three team would have been in. So you really didn't – it wasn't like any kind of wasted year. You, you ended up where you thought you would be. You just did it with one fewer – with one less loss, one less win.
3: Yeah, and I, I felt like the the game that really met – and it, it's happened so many times throughout – All my time, you know, following them. uh, Adam is that Florida game. That's the game we should not have lost.
0: Right. Yes. They were terrible this year. Yeah, and does you know if that's later in the year, do you win that game? Probably, Um, but I don't. I don't know Um, if if Nico plays in that game, do you win it? I don't think so. Maybe he would have made a couple of dynamic plays that Joe Milton didn't make. But the thing was. It was first and fifteen or first and twenty for that whole first half, and that had nothing to do with Joe Milton. Uh, that was
3: all the turmoil.
0: Yeah, just just all the all the all the pre snap penalties. You know, Cooper Mays was not going to be healed suddenly if Nico was starting. So I think that was going to be a loss anyway, and I think you were just really going to pile on a lot of adversity under a freshman quarterback if you threw him in in the end of the season that quickly.
2: Adam Sparks, Knoxnews.com, our guest this afternoon. All right, Ab, so we, we could and and we will uh certainly on our show continue to <laughs> debate uh, whether or not the the quarterbacks were handled properly this this past season, but as it applies to next season, and, and let's look at the future here a little bit, uh, you've got Nico, you've got a lot of pieces coming back. If you're Josh Heupel, what are the off-season priorities as far as adding pieces to Uh, for for right away you want to recruit good players that you put in the pipeline and and they're ready to go 2025 2026 but what about 2024 in this win now era that we're in in college football what are the two or three or four pieces that Josh Heupel absolutely has to find so that they can make that playoff run this year
0: well top priority right now is you got to go get a tackle to to replace Gerald Mincy I don't think Gerald Mincy was great this year I think he was fine he was serviceable it's more of sort of a, uh, with him, it's more of a, sort of a war, you know, a wins above replacement uh, sort of argument. He he wasn't great, but but there was an immense drop-off when you got to the, to the guys beyond him. And you saw some of that in Citrus Bowl, giving up six sacks. So you've got to go get an offensive tackle. You know, th- there are offensive tackles. There's a five-star and a few four-stars in the portal right now if you can go get them and pay them. Um, if you get that, if you can't get that short up, then you've got to rely on some young tackles that just really haven't played much, and I think that's an enormous question mark. They have to get a tackle in the portal, I feel like, um, if not just a starter, at least for depth. Um, you know, a lot of people have clamored for them to go get another wide receiver, I know Evan Stewart was a possibility. I don't really see that. Uh, I think they've got sort of a crowded room right now with a lot of guys that are, that are pretty even you just got to let that play out. If you go and get another portal-wide receiver, what are you saying about Chris Brazel that you just got from Tulane? Because if I do the math, if Brazel works out, then you've got Brazel, Brew McCoy, and Squirrel White. That's your three starters. And you've got Dante Thornton, Chaz Nimrod, Caleb Webb. And then you just brought in a five-star Mike Matthews and a four-star. You know, some, some, something's got to shake out there, and I think it will after spring practice when the portal opens again. But I don't think they need to add another wide receiver. I, need, I think they need to shore up uh, offensive tackle, and uh, and I, I really like what they have on defense. They're just going to have to figure out who their best DBs are in spring.
3: Adam, do you think they're going to make a serious run at the kid that um, from LSU? Is it Hurd?
0: Heard, I, I mean, I would think so. I mean, everything that I had heard was they were evaluating every offensive tackle that was in the portal, you know, that could play at this level. And there's, you know, there's probably about eight or ten that are still in the portal that you could say could come in and play for an SEC team. Um, and, you know, and, and this is the time to get them, by the way, because um, you can't you can't add – you in the late portal period, you can't sign a kid – you can't get a transfer from another SEC school in the late portal period. Hmm. This is pretty much it. Now you can go and get like there's a four star I think from Wisconsin in there. There's some there's some Big Ten and Pac-12 tackles in there that you can go get, and those are all fine. I, I just think you need to make a run at a number of those and try to land one up.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's it's I, I guess the uh, the other question I have, Adam, is when you talk about. Lance Hurd and some of these other guys like they all want to be left tackle right that's what part of the deal with Mincy he wanted to play on the left they want to play him right um do, do you think Tennessee is 100% committed to John Campbell at left tackle or if you could get a Lance Hurd from LSU do you think they could pull do what they did with Mincy where you start in the first year at left and move him to the right
0: I mean that's that's what makes this so hard these days because used to you would have those conversations with players and you'd say hey I know we said this, but circumstances have changed, and now you got to do that. You got to change sides, you got to change positions, or whatever. And the player had very, very minimal, you know, leverage against that. Now, now they got a lot of leverage. Now the portal is going to close what tomorrow for Tennessee, five days after its bowl. So there's not a lot of options there. I mean, if you made that switch, you could tell John Campbell you're going to do that in March when spring practice starts. And deal with it then, but then you run the risk of him going into the portal uh, you know, in April. Yeah. I'm not saying that he would do that, but... And then, you know, on top of that, you've convinced COVID seniors to come back for an additional year. You've got money on the table that you're paying guys to do that. There's just... College football has always been a place where players and coaches end up lying to each other a lot. Um, with all these, these extra layers to it, you've got... You've got even more room for deception.
3: I guess where I'm with it too. What it, the thing I can't put together is Darnell Wright went top ten as a right tackle mm-hmm. in yep. the draft. He's one of the one of the better young prospect offensive linemen in the league. Seems like a good selling point. And I just I don't think that I, I understand back in the day with left tackle because they got paid so much more, no. but.
0: It also doesn't matter as much now because in the NFL, just like college, you've got more guys that are base offense and shotgun. In shotgun, your blind side is not exposed as much as if you're taking the ball under center and taking a five or seven
2: uh, mm, step drop.
0: Interesting. Yes, yeah, so, I mean it's just it's it's val it's more valuable than right tackle. But yeah, you just mentioned the obvious uh, the 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 obvious example, Darnell Rice is the number ten pick and. The Bears didn't say, well, we need him at left tackle. They said, no, we need we need right tackle to protect their to protect the right side, and that's fine, and we'll pay the guy. So I, I, I don't quite get it. I think some of that thinking is about five years five years too late. Yeah.
2: Very interesting. Adam, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for hopping on. Stellar first appearance of the year on the show. I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Adam Sparks, Knoxnews.com at Adam Sparks on the Twitter machine. Thanks, man. Have a great weekend.
0: Always fun, guys. Y'all have a good one.
2: Adam Sparks making his presence felt this afternoon on the show as the – It's
3: a good exchange of ideas and thoughts.
2: Wheel in the portal keeps on turning. Yeah, it does. College football has turned into a sticks song.
3: But, yeah, that – like I That was understand. sticks. What, was,
2: it, was it REO?
3: No, no, no. Wheel in Journey. the sky keeps on turning. It was Journey. Was, yeah.
2: Oh,
1: man. – and- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. There's a few songs about wheels turning. <laughs> Epic 80s fail. Sweet Home Alabama starts with part. that too. Oh, I'm
3: just I'm sitting sorry. here watching the wheels go by. That's one of my oh, all-time favorite oh, songs. That's
1: a great song. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That was just that was. I'd really Dakota love to Freak. watch them roll. Yeah. yeah. Really, a great melody. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> Stay with us. The drive continues. Fan Run Radio. We're back with more right after this. The, the drive. drive. Calling. The- Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Adam Sparks, KnoxNews.com. Bear, what did you
3: learn? Um, just the, the portal stuff and um just that whole thing is just mind blowing. Just the way the kids are entering, leaving, just everything about it. And I cannot believe like it's just kind of surreal to me. The
2: financial aspect of it is really fascinating.
3: Yeah, and it's just like like when he talks about the, you know, the power shift and you know, players realize they've got a they
2: got a lot of power now. I mean, it's it's not like this Judkins kid wasn't getting paid by Ole Miss this past year.
3: It's he not got like he prob- some dude rolled up in a Lambo
2: uh, and it's not like he probably didn't have a significant promise on the table. He just decided that he wanted more. He see all these people getting more and he decided, you know what? I'm going to jump in the portal and get more. I'm going to get
3: what I can get. And I, I think we're laying in, you know, everybody down there uh, on the old Miss side of it. They weren't willing that the juice
2: wasn't worth the squeeze. Well, and it, it you see this sometimes at the professional level where a guy will hold out or he's like I want a new contract, I'm not coming to camp or I'm going to hold out. But those are very rare. It seems like there's one or two high-profile holdouts each year in like NFL yeah. training camp and maybe a handful that you you there's, don't really hear there's about.
3: A couple of guys that have
2: held out for a whole year. Yeah, but they're usually resolved pretty quickly. Those are few and far between. I feel like that's happening all the time, multiple guys on every Power Five conference campus, or guys are just u- utilizing this whether they they have a deal in place or not. Okay, I've
3: got a deal for next year. I want more, yeah, and, and I'm going to get it. I mean, and, let's be honest, man. Samson renegotiated because he he so he was he, he was Tyler re- go- He was renegotiating to be running back one.
2: Uh, if sounds like that's what happened with Mency. It Sounds like that that's what happened. Tyler Barron. I was reading a story. Uh, one of the uh, guys online last night was talking about like baron might you know he's already committed to ole miss but there's already already rumblings that he hasn't practiced for them yet so it's not official so like he can still go visit other places and you know just an extra get an extra 10
3: 15 20 grand out of
2: you know yeah just milk it for all it's worth
3: I, if there had never been i thought about this the other night milking uh, it the, the second G- day in a row we the
1: first hour with milk uh, i watched it. Yeah. uh
3: An episode of that Dolphins in-season thing. Yeah. And I think if it hadn't been for shows like that and Hard Knocks and all this stuff, this would be just a lot more weird and alien to me. But, and it's, I mean, it's professional football, dude. The college, that's what it is.
2: I I didn't want to argue with Adam. Generally don't argue with guests and because, and and it would have it can take up the rest of the show if we want it to. But the only point I would make as far as, you know, should, did they screw up not playing Nico more is Adam said, and, and others have said, you're assuming that the Nico we saw against Iowa would have been the Nico we had seen earlier in the season. And, uh, you know, we, we, we could go back further than that because the, the most extreme scenario, and I think the thing that the people who who most were out on Joe would say is you already knew who Joe was because you'd seen him for two entire seasons. You'd had him on your roster pretty much since since you got here. You knew who he was, and a good coach probably should have been able to look at him and say, I'm not going, you know, nine and three at best with him, and I might go eight and four, which is what you, what happened. And if you had been able to just come to terms with that a year ago in January, you know, after the bowl game, which I know people were, I would say, over amped up about him after the bowl game against Clemson. If you just said, you know what? We, we like Joe. He's good. We want to be great. We're putting all our eggs in Nico's basket immediately. Well, Okay. I don't know that he would have been as good in the season opener in that scenario as he was against Iowa, but he would have been better than the conversation we were just having, right? Because some, some people are assuming that, okay, we, we have a competition or whatever, we name him the starter. If you put all your eggs in his basket last January and say, Nico is our guy, well, you're, knocking out, you're going through a lot of those growing pains in spring ball. You're going through a lot of those growing pains in summer workouts, and it's a different scenario. So, I don't think he's the fresh fish that some are portraying him in that scenario in Game 1 this past season as he would have been if he had won some sort of competition or something with Joe.
3: There is another uh, I guess you call it an alternative that that he could have done. That's the one that I'm that I get irritated about is that, like you said, I had him in the program for two years. You didn't necessarily have to put all your eggs in one basket, shove all in with Nico. You absolutely could have gone out aggressively and gotten, I could name you two or three quarterbacks that were for the taken last year in the portal and brought somebody in and just let Joe know, you know, if you really wanted to win this year – that's a lot better idea to take a one year rental on one of these, uh, you know, mercenary quarterbacks that are in the portal. I mean, Dylan Gabriel, hell, he knew your damn system. And you let Nico sit Here, his freshman year. Here's get the thing, relief though. time. T- and- to get Dylan
2: Gabriel from. And he this was his second year at Oklahoma, right? It was. But let, let's say he was coming out of. Let, let, let's just. Keep him as the example, even though the time doesn't match up. Like, you wanted to go get Dylan Gabriel last year. You would basically have to promise him the starting job. Because he's not coming here to to compete for a job. He's coming here to start. If no, know. that's what I'm saying. So, you would have to promise him the job. And then you're, you're either up front with that, Milton and Nico. Like, Nico might stick around for that. Milton's not sticking around for that. And even then, like, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's always going to be hard. Just like it's hard right now. We – we're in that same scenario right now. We need another experienced quarterback. We're not going to get one. No. Because we've got Nico. Uh, nobody is going to come in here and want to compete with him. They're just not going to get a good quarterback in, in this situation. How much more
3: eligibility does Moore have? Gaston? Yeah.
1: I, 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 this is I his think I got another year. year after Yeah. This. He's been around for a while. Gaston.
2: Uh, Austin Price, FallQuest, reporting that Lance Hurd is going to be visiting Tennessee this weekend. Nice. All right. Five-star offensive lineman coming off his true freshman season at LSU, where I believe he played in every game, started one game.
1: Yeah. But
2: they've got an entrenched star left tackle. He wants to play left tackle, which is – that's kind of what I was hinting at with Adam is are we – 100% 100% sold on Cam on uh, on our Campbell, John Campbell at left tackle. Yeah. Could you move him to the right? Could you convince Lance Hurd to play right tackle? That so was, many moving pieces here.
3: That was where I piped up with that question. I mean, at some point, I mean, with this kid, you could sit him in and be like, you know, darn right top 10 pick played here. He's now the starting right tackle for the Chicago Bears. Yeah feel like that's a uh, that that's that's where you can get if you well, come in here. It, just it, the, if the report of Hurd leaving
2: LSU because he wanted to play left tackle and not right is true, then the fact that he's visiting here means that you're not committed to John Campbell at left
3: tackle. Well, and Campbell may be Campbell may be more mature and able to see the yeah. whole big picture and be like, yeah, I'll be fine flipping over to right. Because he, he Adam is right on all that. Like you're starting to see it a little bit. Like uh, with shotgun, the left tackles a lot. Uh, it's a lot. It's a. It's a little bit less important.
2: It it might in reality be less important. It feels like in the minds of these kids, it's more important than ever.
3: Yeah, I mean that's basically what I've noticed. Like they've never running backs. They finally, you know, I think they had to catch up to that fact that their position had been devalued uh, the way it's gone for them. But, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. No, they want to – it's a prestige thing, right? I'm the starting left tackle. Yeah, I I guess. I mean, because, you know, for 30 years, that's all – anybody that watches football, you know it's been pounded into our heads. Uh Left tackles who protects the blind side.
2: We don't have any left-handed QBs on the roster. Even though Josh Heupel was one.
3: Have you have you guys seen that video of where they flip it so that uh, the kid from Washington Penix, Pen- Penix is right hand throwing the ball right-handed? Like he's th- actually throwing right-handed? No, or... they flip the film so that it appears oh, that he's no, – so you can weird. look at him throw – how he would look throwing right-handed. Huh. It's pretty sick. <clears throat> Left-handed-handed, man. I swear that's what that kid is. Does
2: Mississippi State still had that pitcher who could throw with both hands?
1: I don't know what happened to him. I, I know Tennessee lit him up we did. when he came here. It was bad. I think he may have lasted, like, you try throwing not even feet, in an inning. Meat. We did light him up. Yeah, it, it was bad. I was at that game.
2: Hour number two of the drive coming up. Tucker's got your top four at four. Maybe a little bit of Tennessee baseball news coming up. All right, here we go. I like it. Stay with us. The Drive continues. More Fan Run Radio after this. The Drive. Rogers Utility.